Yes. Am I starting? Let me go look at the thing I wrote. Yes. I am. Okay. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> look at God. Starting in three, two, one. Hey, I'm Akko. <laughs> and I'm Marcy. <laughs> And welcome to That Color Pages Book Club, which, mm. I don't know if you guys know, is a bi-weekly <laughs> podcast, which focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism, written by writers from colorful backgrounds. I know. No one saw it mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes the spirit just calls. Oh, yes. And today, we will be discussing my pick, The Death of Vivek Oji by Akweke Amezi. Now, a little bit of background on Akweke. So, they are an artist and writer based in liminal spaces. Uh, their art practice is located in the metaphysics of Black spirit and uses video, performance, writing, and sculpture to create rituals processing their embodiment as a non-human entity slash Ogbenji Ogbenja slash a deity's child. So, um, ooh, I'm excited. Lit, like lit. They lit, lit. Cool. Mm-hmm. So yes. Um, for context, we read up until chapter thirteen yes, for those did. who are reading along. Yeah. So this is gonna be really interesting. I don't think it's Afrofuturism, but it's it's very non-lineal, linear, lineal, lineal, linear. Ooh, linear. Linear. Thank you. It's very non-linear storytelling. <laughs> here we are. I was like, girl, what is that word? <laughs> linear. <laughs> My bad. Linear out here just hiding in bushes and shit. I'm like, girl, where are you? Like, what is this shit? Like, what is the word? <laughs> it's like outside oh and shit fucking around. Anyway. I'm feeling very Sesame Street. Like, linear hiding in a bush feels like something that you would see in, like, Blue's Clues as a kid. Like, where is linear? And then they would, like, show up. Um, <gasps> oh, yes. Very yeah. much that. Given very much that. But speaking of things that don't have to do with the plot of the story, I <laughs> have a question. <laughs> oh, delightful. What is your question? Yeah. So in this book, I think Vivek has a lot of times where he doesn't necessarily feel there in the space that mm-hmm. he's in with the people he's around. And it made me wonder. There are a lot of times when we don't feel in the spaces that we're in with the people we're around. Mm-hmm. But what is a time when you do feel feel the most Ooh. yourself, where you feel the Ooh. most present? Mm. I love this. I am going to hop, skip, and jump back to the before times um, I love of it. all of this. But I would say... This is so interesting because, so so y'all know that I, or maybe not, but used to live in D.C., lived there for about four years, mm. um, and it was a place that brought a lot of, like, I mean, not to sound like a fucking Hallmark card, but, you know, like, learned a <laughs> lot, brought a lot of awakenings, revelations, you know, a bitch changed a lot and shit, you know, it was a growth and shit happening, right? And at the same time, I did feel like sometimes I kind of felt illegible in a lot of the spaces that I was in. Um, You know, just someone who was navigating just a lot of Mm. different things, right? Like, I think DC was very much the place where, as, like, a queer person, a queer person of color, you know, a black queer person, like, you know, I was kind of building community with a lot of folks of, like, similar social locations, like, with, like, queer and trans people of color and, like, Mm. you know, just, like, these very intersectional groups. And what was really affirming in a lot of ways, but also could introduce some, like, 
you know, another form of socialization, like kind of like, mm. like community, like different types of community norms of like, okay, if I'm going to be in these spaces with like mostly queer and trans people of color, like sometimes there's just dynamics happening that you kind of have to like kind of get accustomed to and sort of like, like any community, any space, you kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, sort of figure out how it works and culturally. Right. Right. And I think that most of the time it was great, but I think there were some times where I was like, yeah, I kind of feel a little, eh, this is where, eh, like, mm. so like, yeah, a lot of things going on. Right. But I think that for the most part, I will say when I started doing more like dance in DC, like when mm. I started going to um, this dance studio that I love to death, that is called dance place. If you're ever in the DC area, <laughs> absolutely go my God. But, um, being there, you know, when I first started taking dance classes, I was like, you know, at first I was like, oh, I'm doing me, you know, I'm just going to go in class, do my thing, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But then, like, I would go so frequently that, like, just, like, by osmosis, like, I just, yeah, like, kind friends. of, right, I just, like, made friends. It kind of just became part of, like, the cultural landscape of this institution. And, like, it was so interesting because I would go and it was just, like, this other like after like I would say like a year or so like I, w- I realized one day I just would enter and I just like immediately just like fell in line with this space like I just like knew people and like felt so like legible and understood and like I just met so many other again like just like queer and trans artists of color like just like like it just really opened my mind to you know just so many different types of art and creation that was taking place in this space especially since DC at that time was feeling very like professional and linked in and like fucking mm-hmm. like oh who do you know and like what's your job and blah 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 and like just shit I don't give a fuck about where's your briefcase walk to your job yeah like y'all Sit literally just office. like walking briefcases exactly I'm like so y'all are like are y'all just like holiday parties all the time like what is happening I literally um, see like a briefcase it's not a person with a briefcase it is just a briefcase with legs walking down the right the like I'm like y'all are literally just like stacks of paper like what is this um and so being the and not to be like oh like i was just so different and so lit like you know it's, it's like i was if also you part are of a yeah. stack of paper and someone knocks you over what is the consequence um the, like, <laughs> is that is that assault like i don't anyway right. so so yeah so just being in that dance space i think really kind of got me just really feeling like wow like i can truly express and create here and like yeah. you know kind of be in community here and i just felt so and even just like kind of my my inklings and like my revelations like as like a creative as a more artistic person mm. you know I think that that was just something that really I was like oh I can really bring like my whole self to the space in a way that just feels very beautiful um mm. and it was very particular to that place because I would go to other dance studios and stuff and their cultures were very different like it was like it was just a very specific like wow like I just found this random place in northeast DC and it just just connected. fucking worked yeah there's a yeah there's like a there's something here about the mind and the body you know mm. but there's also it's not well in particular the mind in the sense that like it's not just the movement it's not just dancing that facilitates mm-hmm. the the feeling like yourself but it's also the atmosphere in right. particular and then you do to me from what i've seen mm-hmm. of you of seem more at peace when you are dancing or when you're in motion. Like we'll be talking, they'll oh, just definitely. like start stretching and like you're like, oh, <laughs> let me just like stretch out my body. And you, you know, um, I'm like literally that person. Like, <laughs> not in like a pretentious work. way. Like it's never, I, I just feel like you just feel very in your body. You're just yeah, in an appreciation of self. That's like divorced from any, judgments made by society on what bodies are you know what i mean bodies are mm. so policed but when you're stretching or moving or dancing it's 
you're having a, a relationship with your body divorced of other people. You know what I mean? It's, mm. yeah. It's, yeah. At least that, that's what I've noticed. Rice is like, interesting. No, you know, <laughs> yes. Thank you. I, wow, that was so beautiful. That was just so beautiful. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah. I, mm. I, I would say that very much tracks with the internal monologue I have going on about like just sort of me and space and my body. And just feeling at peace with it. I think, yeah, also, too, that institution was a place where I just found a lot of healing and, like, a lot of, like, just just being able to feel, like, autonomous and comfortable in my own body as someone who was sort of navigating a lot of questions around, like, gender and all these different things. I'm like, what does it mean to just, like, be, like, just be. to be at peace even as we're in process? Mm-hmm. Which is something that just was really... It's just really beautiful. I like miss that place a lot. Like honestly, like I've like, I just Aww. think about it. I'm like, girl, I need to I need to go back. But um I still take classes with them virtually, you know, COVID friendly. But Yay. yeah, definitely once things, you know, are different. I would absolutely love to go back and just 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 see people. Class. I mean I'm sure it'll be different. Say but... hi, you know, yeah. 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 yeah so, well, nothing stays the same. Which is uh, beautiful and right. tragic all at the same time. <sighs> Not me looking out the window just like, <laughs> like, like, just, just, like wistfully like <sighs> and it's just like y'all are like can y'all uh we gonna talk about this book what's that? but anyway um but yes Akko what what would you say is is a space where you feel very like understood um that's such a good quote so I started this question feeling very not like myself mm. and probably the least like myself that I felt in a really long time um mm-hmm. and that's hard because I I do f- I I don't find a particular place makes me feel like myself. Um, but I do know the places that make me feel, are you going to say like yourself, like myself? (laughs) (laughs) I would not do you like that. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) like I, I think back to this, like Chicago. Oh man. How much am I telling the the listeners? They know we used to live in Chicago. (laughs) Um, and there was a house that I was with my friends that felt very, felt very me. And Mm, yes. Mm -hmm. And it, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a very freeing house and i was like well is it the house that made it free or was it the relationship and i feel that same level of free when i'm traveling um Mm. when i'm not anywhere liminal i feel myself because and this is maybe to the point about the when you're dancing you're it's a relationship with you without anyone's judgment when i'm when i'm traveling not even far or just going somewhere I f- or walking through a forest or anywhere. I, I feel myself because everything else is away from me and it's quiet and I'm, and me and I are the only ones there. And right. there's a point in this book too. I think Osita says the same thing about going somewhere else to really know who you are, mm. but it's in places where I don't feel the need to perform myself that I feel the most me and that usually happens when i'm completely alone um yeah what also happens with people who i feel very familiar with and in houses that allow i feel the most myself when i feel free is what i'm trying to say (laughs) Mm, got you any times where i don't feel free even physically trapped or mentally trapped and like Mm -hmm. a way of doing things i get anxious yeah yeah hmm Oh, thank God that connected to this to the book because I wasn't sure it was going to when I put the <laughs> No, that actually <laughs> connects extremely well. And also, yeah, just thank you for just saying all that and trusting me with this information. Um 
Yeah, that very much is. Yeah, that yeah. That, that that tracks. Um, <laughs> it makes it makes a lot it makes a lot of sense. So I also think. So, yeah. Well, thank you for thanking me. I appreciate that. Um, I was gonna say uh, to the listener, we were like, "What is this love fest?" You know, we're all about that love. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's this question. I I pose it to you as well. When do you feel the most like yourself? I think it's a question mm. that capitalism divorces us from because the idea is productivity and to continue to work and to produce and to make and to be legible and to be what society Mm. says you are and you form a habit of not remembering what it feels like to feel like yourself so when do you feel the most like yourself listener you can tell us or you can not Mm. it could be a journal entry you know right or just like a thought, or, or not. Yeah. Maybe you just hear the question. You're like, I'm not answering that. That is, <laughs> we we love to see all levels of participation. Can you imagine that contrarianness? Like, can you imagine if someone comes and puts like emails us, and they're like, I just wanted to tell you that I did not think about your question. <laughs> Girl, I did not fuck your fucking question. It's like, oh, but you still emailed us. No, like. Huh? Uh, so, question mark what um but yeah but be that listener you know if you're like yeah like literally fuck that question like let us know yeah you know? like we love we love to see it mm-hmm. oh thank god well anyway um should you talk about the book and, like, jump into i the guess guess. Yeah. <laughs> guess we'll take okay. a break <laughs> yes <laughs> so yes we'll take a little bit of break and then get into part one of the summary of oh the death of vivek Woo. Hey, beautiful yes. people. So, just to give a little context before the book starts, the or mm-hmm. uh, the book is started and finished before we do our summary. <laughs> 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 um, the book takes place in modern day Nigeria, and it the mm-hmm. the writing style jumps back and forth between three people and omnis omniscient linear. Let's go omniscient? find out omniscient. Yeah, on, mm, knowing it, everything, yes. all, yeah, narrator that knows everything. Okay. Omniscient narrator. <laughs> Osita, who is the cousin, and Fivek, who is, I guess we'll say, the titular character, as his name is on the title. Mm-hmm. So the book also starts after Fivek has died. So and, mm-hmm. and it switches between the present and the past. So nonlinear, mm-hmm. just so you guys have a little context. Very fun read. Yes, yeah, so we we're gonna be jumping. It's mm-hmm. gonna be like kind of like hopscotch. So you know, just just get on your seatbelt, yeah. uh, which you didn't wear during hopscotch. But you know, here we are. Yeah, here we are doing the things. Okay, go ahead, Akko. I was about to say, do I remember how to play? But um, summary. So the nation. <laughs> it's like double touch. Like, what are we doing anyway? Okay. I feel like the kids are like, we don't go outside. We just watch videos about hopscotch. <clears throat> Okay. That, oh, okay. Well. Hmm. So the the narration again <laughs> starts a little bit before. This is the flashback. <laughs> it starts with Vivex. Uh, much like the story, the, our conversation is nonlinear. It um, also doesn't start at the beginning. The narration starts with Vivex's parents, Kavita and Chika. Chika, mm-hmm. who's Vivex's father, lives in Nigeria, like we said, and he's very close to his mother Ahuna and his brother Ikeni. So Akini is newly married to a woman named Mary, who Chika has a crush on, and the Woo. 
Well, well, that part is woo. It's the woo. Is the, the, the description of it is very beautiful, but it, it's also um, t- t- a tenuous relationship because she is, as we mentioned, married to his brother, Ikeni. Mm-hmm. So the two spend a copious amount of time together, and um, Chica eventually tries to kiss her. And Mary's <gasps> like, uh, that's not you. No, we're not doing that. That's, what are you trying to do? Like You're, you're going to make a mess. And Ahuna, the mother, right. honestly, when she first saw the way that Chica was looking at Mary, was like, don't come bring this Wahala. They said Wahala. That's the Nigerian word. They're like, don't bring that nonsense in here. <laughs> and uh, the African in me was like, mm-hmm. So anyway, Chica is super... And then look at Chica just doing the exact exactly. damn opposite. Also, but anyway. That's what I'm saying. That, mm. So anyway, Chica is super apologetic. <laughs> uh, you're not going to hear me just... I have so many feelings. But anyway, so Chica's super apologetic and moves away um, to work as an accountant where he meets uh, an Indian woman named Kavita. And the mm-hmm. two hit it off and they get married. And there's this dispute about the diary and cultural differences. I have thoughts on this because I feel like people... They oh they think about the negative ways dowries are viewed, but they don't think about like mm-hmm. there's nuance there. But that's mm. so there's a disagreement because in one system in uh, Kavita's culture, they're like we have to pay the dowry. We need to give her the dowry. It kind of feels very similar to Praveen in the last book where her parents like Ooh, gave her the mm-hmm. inheritance, and it's kind of like a security thing. Like this is your inheritance. Like we can't we're not gonna right. like send her away to a different country like as if we didn't care about her at all with no money. Like. Right. <laughs> And then on the flip side, Chica's like, what, how could I get paid for someone that I love? Like, I have to pay you because I'm getting someone so valuable as entering into my life. And then mm. the, the whole conversation is kind of broken when Chica's basically like, how could I make my father-in-law pay? And then they're like, the father-in-law. And everyone's like in their feelings. And Ahuna's like, okay, I know we're all getting very fuddy-duddy, but why don't we just put the money <laughs> in an inheritance for the kid? And everyone's like... Oh, and Ahuna's like, um, yeah, being a boss since however long this book started. So eventually they have a child <laughs> named Vivek. Um, and apparently that's the same day that Ahuna passes away. So people are mm-hmm. sad and happy. And it's just, there's a little bit of melancholy around his birth. And so Vivek yeah. has a birthmark on his foot that's the same as Ahuna's as well. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, what does that mean? And they're like, I don't know. Anyway, so later on, Vivek would open the dowry box, and it's actually filled with all these jewels, these like beautiful mm-hmm. jewels. And we learn a little bit more about Vivek and Osita's childhood. And Osita is Akini and Mary's son, and so Vivek's cousin. And the two of them mm-hmm. grew up together. And there's like this really beautiful scene where like Vivek is like draped in the jewelry that is his dowry, and he like mm-hmm. looks very beautiful. And Osita's like, I wish I could have told him like how beautiful he looked at that time. Apparently, his he was shining and glimmering. Anyway. Yeah, just so, apparently just looking, just dripping, just face beat like mm-hmm. 800 galaxies beyond this one, like literally looking just lit as like shit. Saturn but, and Jupiter. Uh, come, oh, come on, literally like orbited around the planets and came back. Like mm-hmm. literally, Vivek was on, uh, just left the stratosphere anyway. So, yeah, just looking lit. Yes. I love how that's the part that I jump in and comment on. It's like, okay, so Vivek looks snatched. And I was well, like, was oh, so this is Marx's written. contribution. To it's like, what the fuck? Anyway, so. It was a good contribution. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so the two of them grew up together. <laughs> it was just a nice book. It's also, the book is very beautifully written. So it, I would describe mm-hmm. it as like a river that pulls 
in various parts. And so your attention is drawn to very specific descriptive paragraphs in the book. Okay, sorry. So mm-hmm. the two of them grew up together, Osita and Vivek, and they're really close. And actually, but they did used to fight. So Osita has a chipped tooth from when he used to, him and Vivek got into arguments. And I think mm-hmm. that argument happened right before Vivek went to military school, which he had to go to because they wanted him to quote unquote toughen up. Um, because they were like he's too sensitive and you're like I don't know about all that so yeah Chica was the one who was really like oh Vivek needs to go Kavita was like um how about not yeah but Chica was like no he has to go so yeah and during that time Osita misses him a lot and um Mm -hmm. eventually he comes back and they're doing this SAT prep together because their parents really want them to go to United States which Mm -hmm. I there's I think United States is like a stand-in for like having a better life moving up in the world and you know like like when your parents want you to go to college um Mm. anyway so we learned that kavita's social circle is called niger wives which basically means women from other country who married nigerian men and now live in nigeria so it's like vivek and osita's friend group is basically made up of children of the niger wives and we learned that Mm -hmm. vivek has a habit of sort of spacing this is quintessential to the plot and he would like suddenly not be there and when that happens, Osita would kind of protect him and kind of bring him back to himself. Osita would seem to notice while other people didn't really seem to notice that he was doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they're growing up. They're becoming teenagers. Um, things are about to get dark, y'all. So they go to school and Osita yeah. eventually falls for this girl named Elizabeth, who's the fastest runner in the whole school. And the way he describes her, he says she pushed against the ground. like The ground would like disappear from under her. Um mm. And like the future would rush to meet her. It was so interesting. So beautifully written. But anyway. Yeah. So they start, you know, getting to know each other, spend a little time together, engaging in a little sexual congress. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Widows of Malabar Hill. Like that's (laughs) some sexual congress. And 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 the such. And so Asita, you know, tells Vivek about it as as you do when you've had an experience. And Vivek's like, huh. Can I watch? And Osita said no. And Akko Marcy also said no, but they couldn't hear us because we actually weren't in the book. Um, right. And then Osita's like, well, you know, I've heard stories of men doing this in a very masculine way, a capital M. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all and it's a thing and everyone's enjoying the masculine experience and i was like of like watching each other have sex unbeknownst to the, the woman to the woman the story. that they're having sex with um, yeah so um all of this is not good everyone so just know it's not good i don't know akko and marcy were like um we need to put a point here to say that but um yeah. Here's also a warning that we're going to keep talking about it. So Sita and Elizabeth are congressing again. And then Vivek has, I guess, an episode where he kind of zones out and he shows up in the front door. And everyone is upset, particularly Elizabeth, who is super upset and um, leaves. Vivek tries to apologize, but Sita's kind of like, I don't want to do this. It's enough. Not just with this specific incident, but also... I, he's like, I just can't do this thing where you space out and I have to... He, he feels emotionally burdened, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we flash to the present and Vivek has obviously passed away and Osita is very, very depressed and he goes mm-hmm. to this port where he drinks and congresses and is depressed and yeah. yes. He also is sexually assaulted by a Lebanese man, which is terrifying. Um there's like a lot there's so much like social context but 
I will leave it for the comment section. And then luckily, mm. Auntie, Auntie Kavita comes in and does what aunties do. She's like, let me come collect my pin. <laughs> She's like, I need this one back with me. She's also upset because Vivek had a necklace of ganache that he always wore around his neck. And it was, mm. it was made of pure silver. And so she hopes this is a Sina. Everyone's like, I mean, he was murdered. It was probably stolen when he was killed. But Kavita does not want to have that be the case. She's hoping it is not true. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that scene was like really, really sad. And also, yeah, just for context, earlier in the book, um, there was, they kind of talked about how Vivek's body was discovered. Basically, it was wrapped in this cloth and kind of put on his, um, like his front door, I, I guess like the veranda mm-hmm. of, of their home. And Kavita was the one who came across his body. There was some kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, like a wound at the back of his head. And so like, you know, they think that he was like struck in some manner. And like, he, he was also naked underneath this cloth. And like the, the necklace that he would always wear was, was um, was missing. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm sorry, y'all. That's a really graphic description. Um, probably should have given it. Uh, yeah. So, in trying to find this necklace, it's just like you know, there's there's just a lot, a lot she's going on. Traumatized, like it's it's, it's yeah. It's, she's fixating on it because she was the one who experienced finding him and the necklace being missing, and it's a, f- a point of fixation to find some solace, right? Mm-hmm. And so she has a number of questions about that incident, which we'll actually get into a little bit later in my description. But yes, so so picking up from from that scene, we have a flashback again, and this is from Osita's perspective as well, and so. This is essentially maybe like two years after the whole incident with Elizabeth and Vivek and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, you know, they had this whole plan where they were going to, you know, take the SAT and go to the, go to the U.S., but neither of them, Vivek nor Osita, ended up going to the U.S. for school, um, mm-hmm. but both ended up going to local universities. But Vivek actually got pulled out of his university about like one term later, like Chica like took him out of school. And so... Osita not really keeping up with Vivek at this point because, you know, they kind of had a falling out. Like, he's, like, hearing rumors about what's going on with Vivek. Like, everyone's just saying that Vivek has changed and, like, things are different, but everyone's being, like, super hush-hush and not really going into detail. Osita one day, like, gets on the phone and, like, kind of is, like notices that, like, Mary, his mom, and Chica, I guess his uncle, were, like, having a conversation. And, like, he, like, lit on some three-way shit, was like, oh, let me just actually put my hand mm. over the receiver and just, like, kind of listen in. And so, basically, Chica was telling Mary that, like, Vivek has, like, he, like, grew out his hair really long and, like, hasn't really been washing it. He, like, isn't really sleeping in his own bed. He's been, like, sleeping outside on the mm-hmm. veranda in the trees. And even then, he, like, sleeps very sparingly, just kind of, like, exhibiting behavior that, like, neither Chica nor Kavita know how to address. They're, like, we don't really know. What do we do with, with this behavior? So mm-hmm. I just realized no one has cell phones in this book. This might be an early 2000s, a late 90s. I think it's the late 90s. I think it's set in the late 90s. 90s. Um, Still yeah. modern, but just not present. Right. Mm. So, yeah. So, basically, you know, they're having the whole conversation. And essentially, Mary's like, look, like, maybe Vivek just needs to, like, spend some time here. Because, oh, yeah. By the way, so, like, Vivek and um, Osita live. I don't know how far away they live from each other. But Osita lives in a place called Oweri. And Vivek lives in a place called Enja. So, basically, Mary's like, why don't y'all just come to Oweri? We can just, like, spend some time together. Vivek can, you know, be with his cousin. They were really close, you know, growing up. So, like, maybe, you know, this can kind of, like provide some space and we can just kind of like be together and like figure all this out and chica kavita and i guess vivek by extension were like bet that sounds great so they end up coming osita's a little nervous because he's like i haven't seen vivek in a minute shit was kind of weird the last time what's gonna happen and so they end up kind of catching up and yeah so vivek his 
presentation is very different. Like kind of like we mentioned, his hair is a lot longer. He's like kind of tall and lean and sort of has just a more like, I guess, feminine sort of aesthetic and aura around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like despite, I guess, Osita being like, oh, Vivek is kind of like he's not showing up in the way that I am accustomed to him showing up. Like things seem to be, you know, they're kind of like catch it up, whatever, whatever. He's kind of like, I still my cousin. Like, I know you like he doesn't. He's not confused that Vivek is still his, like, cousin, you know? <laughs> like, Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, he's like, you're still my cousin, X, Y, Z. Um, I think Osita's a little uncomfortable with some I of the agree. ways in which Vivek is presenting, but, like, isn't really letting that, you know, catch on, whatever. So, anyway, they're catching up, whatever, whatever. Later on, there's, like, a lunch with everybody. So, for so the cast of characters, it's Vivek, Kavita, and Chika, his parents, and then um, Osita, Mary, and his dad. So there's like six people at this lunch. So they end up all, you know, just having lunch, whatever, talking, talking. And the conversation is just kind of about, well, it's about two things. They start kind of talking about Vivek and like his presentation. And then like, you know, Osita's dad is like, Vivek needs to cut that hair. Like that shit is looking hella feminine. Like he just needs to cut it, girl. Like this ain't it. Like da, 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 da. And then Kavita's like, oh, well, I mean, girl, it's just hair. Like maybe, you know, maybe relax. Like it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. Um and then, like, the conversation kind of steers in another direction where Osita is going to school and, like, made up a girlfriend at that school. Like, he's just like, oh, yeah, like, I have a girlfriend and his university is in Suka. So he's like, oh, like, I have a girlfriend in Suka. Like, la, la, la. And so, like, Mary and everybody's like, oh, girl, tell me about the girlfriend. Like, what's up, Osita? Like, what's the tea? Like, what's going on or whatever, whatever. And so he's like, oh, yeah, you know, my girlfriend. Oh, right, her name is. Oh, like, literally just, like, fucking bullshit. And he's like, oh, she likes to, uh, damn. Be around and right. just be just be a person. She got cells. They you know do cellular respiration and shit. Like literally the most indescript shit. Like and they're like and everyone's like, oh, she sounds amazing. And I'm like, these said nothing about this person. But I also think he's trying to like keep the conversation away from Vivek as well. So he's like, oh, let's just keep talking about this because it seems to be keeping the peace. Yeah, exactly. So everyone's just like, oh yes, yes, yes. Talk, talk, talk. Words, words, words. Yes, this girlfriend and Vivek is like, I'm at girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing right through this shit. And so later on, so mind you, in this whole situation, Vivek and Osita were sharing a bed in Osita's room. And so like they're about to go to sleep, whatever, whatever. And like basically Vivek is like, hey girl, so like why'd you uh why'd you lie about that girlfriend? Like what's mm-hmm. going on? And then like Osita's like, you don't know what you're talking about, like blah blah blah. Like, girl, don't do me. Like, I got a girlfriend, like, what bitch? And then Vivek is like, I mean, it's okay. I mean, is it, you know, perhaps like the person in Suka that you're dating, like, isn't a woman, like, blah, 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 blah. It's just kind of, it's, like, kind of talking. Like, Vivek isn't mm-hmm. even really being accusatory. He's just saying, oh, well, you know, maybe it's not a woman that you're dating, la, la, la. And it takes Osita a minute, and he's like, wait, what do you mean, like, it's not a woman? Like, what? Like, what? So it was, like, a man and, like, blah, blah, blah. And so then Osita, like, goes off. Um yeah. And he, like, goes in on Vivek and it's just like, oh, like, is that what you've been doing this whole time? Like, you know, entertaining men and blah, blah, blah. And, like, trying to, I guess, uh, be a woman, quote, unquote. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Um, so it's just, like, very, like, violent. And Vivek is just like, wow, like, that's... Mm-hmm. He's kind of like, why are you... Why? Why? Like, chill. Like, it's not that... He's like, he's like I didn't even... He's like, I'm not even saying, that oh, you, you're dating yeah. a man. He was just like, I was just big... And providing the inclusive option to give right. you the space of if you were not dating a woman. I didn't even you say a man. You could have been dating dating. someone else. <laughs> right. Like, just... I, I just... Okay. Expression. So, anyway. So... Well, I know we're, like, downplaying... I mean, me and Marcy know what homophobia is and the, the reactions. It's just... It's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. So Vivek's like, yeah, girl, that was a lot, but okay, girl. Um, 
And so they kind of like just sort of squash it, don't really revisit it. Now it kind of switches to the present. Uh, so this is all, yeah, like in the past when Vivek was alive. And th- now in the present, Kavita's kind of like remembering that time and just like kind of remembering how like worried she was around Vivek mm. and like what was going on and stuff. And so she recalls that I guess this would have been probably chronologically after all this happened with like, you know, the whole girlfriend conversation and stuff. Yeah. Basically, Mary and Kavita one day were having a conversation back in the day. Ugh. And Mary was like, oh, we should bring Vivek, like, to, like, you should bring Vivek to, like, you know, my church. Like, you know, they do a lot of work around healing, and we can kind of, like, get him together, blah, 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 blah. And at first, Kavita's like, girl, fuck out of here. Like, Vivek, don't need to go to your church. Like, it's fine. And then, like, but just from further conversations and coaxing, Kavita's like, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I should also, try. Mary's church is, like, um, look, Africans love church. We, we got a lot of churches in Africa. But this one is a little bit, it's not, like, it's a different, everyone's kind of like, this church is a little off. Um, yeah, I, and they're kind of like Mary. What is this church? That's why she was like, "Well, you tried your church, but you know, mine can do stuff differently." You're like, "What could your church do? What the other churches all doing the same thing?" <laughs> exactly. Like it's like girls' church. Like right. what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, very much. So they're like, so that's why everyone was like, "Oh, girl, maybe maybe not Ma- Mary's church." Right. Like, right. I think we good. Um, but then you know, Mary kind of puts it in you know Kavita's head. She's like, you know, Vivek is like been presenting in a much more feminine manner you know the wrong person might come across him and you know like he could you know face some violence like Mm -hmm. you know we gotta gotta nip this in the bud and kavita's like i mean i guess i should try every option so kavita sends vivek to mary's church and um just trigger warning to like yeah like but actually take a second because yeah just yeah just to like violence queer violence like kind of forced religious intervention um essentially Vivek goes to the church comes back and is like furious with Kavita he's like why the fuck would you send me to Mary's church and Kavita's like what happened like blah 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 and so basically Vivek proceeds to tell her that essentially they I guess at Mary's church they were like oh like Vivek has like a demon inside of him that's like leading to all this like deviant behavior and like the demon needs to be literally beat out of him like with a cane um yeah so they like did that and Vivek like escaped and like basically made his way back and Kavita's like literally what the fuck and like yeah. so she calls Mary and she's like girl have you lost your fucking mind right. like what the hell and Mary's like yeah girl you know the demon made him leave early but you know you gotta bring him back so we can finish and Kavita's like girl don't you ever in your life don't and you Mary's ever in your life stuff like we weren't beating Vivek we were beating the demon and you're like Mary you can't still be on this like no but she yeah. is yeah, so she, the, yeah, like, is convinced. It's like, oh, well, like, you know, Vivek is, you know, we're just beating the demon. It's fine. And I'm like, that's not, that's not how this works, Mary. But, um, so yeah, so Kavita is, like, devastated. She's like, wow, like, I, like, betrayed my son in this, like, really profound way. And also, Mary, literally, what the fuck? Um, there's, like, this subplot that happens where, like, in the Niger Wives group, there's a woman who, I think her name is Maja. Like, her husband, like, cheats on her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that will come up later a little bit more. But, yeah, that's, like, a thing that happens. But there's anyway, moving back. thing about, like. There, it shows the tension because now she's like, maybe I should just move. And, you know, my parents said that this would happen. And, you know, there's a racial dynamic. There's like a conversation happening. But anyway, continue. Yeah. I feel so, like my commentary is like little footnote. <laughs> no, no. Thank you. No, thank you for like putting that in. Like, I was like, I was like, there was a subplot. And it was relevant. But like, how? It, so thank you for that. Because I was like, I literally I was like, yeah, like Maja was getting cheated on. Girl, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> So, so yeah, so anyway, so all of this happens, right? And so Kavita tells Chica what happened at Mary's church with Vivek, and mm-hmm. he is, like, pissed. And so 
he was like, I warned Akina about that church and like everything was like just super weird and like Mary's been doing mm-hmm. the most. And but so he kind of just like goes off. I should, we should probably add that Mary used to be very different, but she had a bunch of miscarriages and maybe more stuff we don't know about. And so she's like slowly over time become like into this kind of right. very extremism. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot going on. And mind you, Vivek is just pretty much getting worse at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where that ends. Moving, So we move back to the present very briefly, and Kavita's just kind of like thinking about all the circumstances around Vivek's death. She's mm-hmm. like, why would someone, like, if he was killed in this manner, why was he naked? Why was he wrapped in this cloth? Right. Why would they steal all the shit? Why would he, why would like, they how did they back? even, right? Like, why, how did they even know where he lived? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened? And they, everyone's like, oh, well, the same day that Vivek died, there was like this market that got burned. Maybe it was just like in the crossfire of all of that. And she was like, that doesn't even make no damn sense. Mm-hmm. And so then like, Osita, also present day, was like, yeah, Kavita's been, like, kind of, like, trying to figure out what's going on with Vivek. And, like, honestly, I know what happened, but, like, I don't want her to know what happens because I don't think she ready for that information. Mm. So, Osita, like, knows the tea, and we don't really know what he knows, but right. that's just a thing that we just gonna, we just going to put right there because that's absolutely about to come up in part two. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Is it a prediction if it, like, clearly has to happen? Because I'd like to be right, and I would like to... I think, it, I think it counts. Like, that definitely yeah. counts. Yeah, we can... That, woo, you know, put <laughs> that in the prediction section. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So, and around this time, too, there's, like, a, it's, there's an interesting description from Vivek's perspective but it was like post-death where he was kind of just like reflecting on his own life and stuff like that. And I was like, this is like an interesting kind of magical realism moment. So just kind of like wrapping things up in part one, basically, so we go back to another flashback. Also, all of these flashbacks I'm realizing as I'm talking about them are pretty much in chronological order. So like after Mm -hmm. this whole thing with like Mary, this is basically picking up from like what happened next there, right? And so... There's a memory of Vivek essentially just like being at home. He's super depressed, like doesn't really leave his room. And one day, one of the women, the the Niger wives group comes over with her daughters. And like they basically, the daughters just hang out with Vivek. And the woman, her name is Ratha, like is just like chatting with Kavita. Apparently Ratha is like really messy and like, she, like loves gossip and like tea and shit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, girl, do we really need this energy right now? Like mm-hmm. she's like, and then like at one point in Kavita and Ratha's conversation, Ratha's like, oh girl, I think Chica low-key cheating on you, but girl, you know, whatever. It is mm-hmm. what it is. And Kavita's like, I actually don't even have the room to care about that. Like I <laughs> don't care chica is Meanwhile, also actually cheating on him but like he is okay. actually literally yeah. cheating on her that like that is that is that is actually what, what eloise um, was her name eloise yeah and that's a whole it's too much it's a whole set just we'll pay, if it becomes important in part two you know just know that we pinned it <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then like chica y'all. got the goddamn nerve to judge the like to judge eloise for being like i can't believe that she would cheat on her right. husband with a man like me and i'm like i can't believe you would cheat on fucking kavita why like although it's possible that he's grieving but you know i I don't know. I can't. I can't be giving people space. Okay, continue. Well, I can. Anyway, Here's the space. It's possible that he's grieving. Um, continue. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so that messy conversation is happening, and basically, from their perspective, later on, after about two hours, like Vivek and these and these two girls that like, come outside of the room, they're just like kind of like chilling, whatever. And it seems like they had some kind of conversation mm-hmm. and like made a pact, but like. Kavita and Ratha don't really know what it was. And then around this time, Vivek starts hanging out a lot with... Vivek starts hanging out with these girls and also with Elizabeth and one other girl from the Niger Wives, like, kind of daughter group or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they all become, like, really good friends. There's a memory of him, like, going home after hanging out with them. And there's, like, a mob up the street. And, like, everyone's, like running inside and trying mm-hmm. to like escape the mob but like Vivek like stands in the middle of the street and it may or may not have been one having one of those episodes where he like spaces out yeah. but basically 
Yeah, but like he essentially just starts wondering like, oh, what would happen if the mob like came and like enveloped him? But then like a neighbor like kind of grabs him and like because he's like taking a taxi home and is like, Vivek, what the fuck are you doing? So he like grabs him, like throws him in the car and that kind of just happens there. And so then, so at right, literally right after this chapter, there's, so it basically goes back into that same chapter, but like from Vivek's perspective. And essentially what we find out is that like when Vivek was chatting with the two daughters in the room, essentially they were just like being basically supportive. Right. Like they were like, hey, Vivek, we see that you're really depressed and it seems like people don't really understand you. And like, we understand you know, you. if you want to talk about stuff, mm-hmm. just we're here just let us know like what's going on and he's like oh wow like y'all are actually just offering support and like willing to listen to my perspective even if it's different <laughs> from like the current zeitgeist and they're like yeah girl that's totally fine like we like are here for you sis like first and foremost and they're like oh my god like, like he's like wow like that's beautiful and- is this love um <laughs> anyway so that happens and then there's a memory so the same neighbor that like saved Vivek when like he was in the street about to get enveloped by the mob like they had an interaction like soon thereafter where like Vivek was like smoking in like his backyard and like the guy came over basically Vivek ended up giving him a blowjob but it was like in a very like sort of bereft manner where it just felt very transactional and like kind of expected like the guy just came over and was like like the way people that unhealthy way that people have allowed like LGBTQIA people to exist in the past where it's like you perform Mm -hmm. this service no one talks about it and right. as the receiver, technically, this means nothing about me, which is also not true. Exactly. Yeah. And so it wasn't like a happy acceptance moment. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. And Vivek, I think, was kind of one and more, you know, was like, oh, like, this could be like... It- some kind of channel of intimacy that like wasn't really given. Mm-hmm. And then also too, there's a flashback as well that like when he was in boarding school, cause remember he went to that boarding school to quote, toughen him up. Mm-hmm. Like he came across a lot of guys like that neighbor that felt entitled to him giving them pleasure and stuff like that, which really just makes me wonder about like, you know, a history of potential like sexual assault and things like that. There's like well, a lot of cause things. Cause I was sitting sure. earlier in the story with the Lebanese guy who shows yeah. up. So there's a lot to talk so, about here. There's a, yeah. So, um, so that's how part one ends. So I guess, yeah, in part two, we'll probably, we're, we're going to hear more about, you know, what happened, obviously, and sort of how people move on. But um, let's take a little bit of a break. That also, check, check your health. And check your, a, a, you know. Absolutely. If you need to not listen to, to the discussion right now, take a breath. Yes, that is that is okay. Because, yeah, y'all, this ain't a book that we can just be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. it's like... It's yeah, some, we tried. We tried a little, but it's, it's a little dark. It, right. It's, just, it's a <laughs> lot of fucked up shit that goes on. So, yeah. yeah. But um, we're going to take a break. You all take a break as well. And when we get back, we'll get into, I guess, our thoughts and feelings about part one of mm-hmm. uh, this book. Okay. See you all in a bit. And we're back. Yeah. Huh. Yes. So again, I hope that you all took a t- just took a took a second because mm-hmm. uh, that was a lot. So, but we're gonna talk about it. So okay, I guess I'll start by just kind of going into some of you know general thoughts and feelings, mm-hmm. and then you know we can just kind of go from there. I will say so. This book is obviously very like. Very like there's a lot that goes on and like it's a very emotionally sort of intense experience reading this book. But I love it. Mm-hmm. Like I love it. Like I really love this book. Like it's just <laughs> like I there's so many things about it that I just find so it just it just flows. Like mm. it feels like 
Like I'm just I'm like, are these pages made of water? Like what is this? Like I'd be like I'd be <laughs> looking up and I'm like, I just read thirty pages of this book, like just accidentally. Like it's just so there's something about the narr- the narration that like is just so Yeah cohesive. Poetic. Like I love I love the way that the characters are written. Like I like I like the writing is superb, like and the fact that we know that Vivek Oji is like dead from the very beginning just like adds a complete melancholy to the book but also like you really kind of cherish those moments of like joy and fun Mm -hmm. where you see like oh like you know for example at the end when Vivek was like making friends and things like that you're like oh like these are moments these are like protective moments Mm -hmm. during a life that was like very very difficult for him I really like the rotational style of narration like I love that like we're kind of going from these different perspectives back and forth like present past like I I like I just love how flexible everything is like time space is just so malleable I just find that really interesting and even the fact that Vivek's chapters are really short like usually Asutas and the omniscient narrators will like go on for a little bit but Vivek's are usually like page maybe two at most Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's a really great literary technique of kind of like giving him like sort of a spectral energy like he's like in and then he's out like it's mm-hmm. like very ephemeral very quick and it's just like okay this like you you can very much tell that like even in the way that like he's written and his perspective is showcased is still from the perspective of other, of other people which is interesting when you consider that like you know Vivek went through a lot of his life feeling very misunderstood like there was actually a chapter where he was talking about you know like if the way I understand myself is fundamentally different from the way that everyone else understands me. Like, am I even here? Do mm-hmm. I even exist? And I think that it's interesting when you look at just quantitatively at the book, how much of it is written from other perspectives that mm-hmm. aren't his. Mm-hmm. So it kind of exacerbates like that piece that he was himself struggling with in life. Right. And so I just find all of that just like brilliant. And like, I just, even the, even in like the trauma and the bullshit, there's also just like these like funny moments like just like subtle moments, <laughs> moments of like humor like i remember there was a scene where like chica and vivek were like going somewhere and there was like a like a like kind of needless description of, of how chica like cut someone off on the road and the person was like pissed <laughs> or like you know this whole subplot with ratha and like kavita's like oh my god Ratha's always just here like like just like trying to lean in trying to learn what's going on and she's like girl she's always in my business girl like this is too much like it's just like just like these like human character human. moments from just yeah, like, it's just very human and very, like, okay, like, this is just, like, even though everything is very deeply sad and there's a lot that people are just trying to move through and a lot of trauma, like, there's also just moments of, like, joy that are just kind of fun. So, yeah, just, like, I just like how well-rounded it is. It just feels like I know the characters yeah. so well. I feel like none of them are really, I'm, like, no one, I'm, like, wow, like, I really wish that, like, Osita had an actual plot. Like, right, Because right. everyone does. Everyone, like, everyone just, yeah. Exactly. So, it's just, it, and to be able to do that so concisely because y'all to be to, this book is only it's about 240 pages yeah. like it's not that long and so to have communicated all of this in such a short amount of words Marcy, like it's do just you like want to talk about the economy of words <laughs> i was i was i was like girl don't you say economy of words i was like i was about to be like the economy i was like don't say that <laughs> but like for lack of better word choice yeah the economy of words is just actually sickening and Give a quakey they damn flowers. Like, honestly, like this book is just, uh, magic. Yeah, Love it's a good it. book. Anyway. So yeah. What do you think, Akko? Yeah, I, I, um, so I'm, I'm not Nigerian, but I am West African. So reading something that feels close to you, I, I was, I feel like I, we've talked about this offline. I, I sometimes hide behind books because that aren't about me or, or the pedagogy has fed me a steady stream of books that have nothing to do with my culture and life and and so when i read mm-hmm. i can divorce myself from that tactileness 
of something mm. familiar. And I, I couldn't do that with this book in a way that felt very vulnerable. And so it mm-hmm. scared me um, because the way the second, you know, they're like, oh, I went back to my family compound, a family compound in West Africa. It's like, they're like, they're big and they have, sometimes they have a garden in the middle and there's like different people's houses around the compound. Like it's a very specific you, I saw it because I, I felt it. It is me. There was mm-hmm. no space, you know, when they're talking about the Gary and the Jalaf, my body was like, I just felt it. I felt very close yeah. to it. And then I also felt sad because as an immigrant, it made me homesick. I was homesick and I was sad mm. and melancholic for a place that I'm not always in and sometimes feel divorced from, um, which is hard. So that was hard yeah. on that level but it made me think uh, but and then the, the way people talked and the way people it made me feel very seen too because mm-hmm. the way people talked and the way they would express themselves and the way they hold space for each other I, I was almost sad that i hadn't i'd spent so much of my time feeling that books and that life were not the same thing you see what i'm saying like that right. the way what i was taught to read and this capsulation have not always been synchronized um mm, yeah so that made me sad for my childhood i was like that's not fair but then i was like it's fine um <laughs> so i had to do a lot of thinking but then i also it made me think about the differences i think what the author is trying to do that i find so impressive about them is that they're trying and i think we're going to see in the second chapter too so much is covered up in africa by the idea Violence suppresses the nuance of things. And Mm. so we don't even have the conversation because the threat of violence, the fear, not the same. There's parallels in America too, but the suddenness, the the mob, Mm. it it doesn't matter what anyone is. It doesn't matter if Vivek's identity in that moment. Everyone's Mm. like, no, but you cannot be in the middle of the road with a mob. You know what I mean? Like, Right. You just can't be there. Like, what are you doing? Like, and, and mm. the aunties in the store, like, what are you doing? Like, it doesn't, no, nothing else matters, but that we can't think about these things, all, all the nuances of society and, and re reimagining ourselves because the violence is so prevalent mm. and sudden. But the author is saying, no, that's an excuse. We're making an excuse. We're not being honest. We are more than Mm. this. And maybe a way through that violence is by expanding the nuance of who we are. Because I I think what they're saying, because there's going to be, there's a fire or something got burned Mm. down. It's like, well, you know, we can, it's easy to say that perhaps Vivek was just killed in the fire. Not in particular because he was LGBTQIA. You know, mm-hmm. and we can say, well, the, the the violence, if we could just solve the violence, the corruption, the this and this, that would solve the problem. But the mm-hmm. but it's not. We're, we, we have to ask ourselves about the nuance in particular. We can't keep hiding behind. We're not there yet. I guess I hear that sometimes from Oof. my family. Oh, we're not there enough to talk about these things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not, being there isn't a place. It's It's not a place we need to get to, to be, uh, to mm. get there, we have to be nuanced about our identities. And I think Africans can get in their minds, well, you know, you know, queerness is from somewhere else. That's someone else's thing. That's not from mm. here, but, but it is. So it just like the multiple identities is from here, you know, mm. Viva being both Indian and, and African, like 
that there are so many cultures in Africa from other places. I mean, yes, part of the reason is colonialism because like the British showed up and then there's like, you know, under an empire, the way people move is varies. But that's Mm -hmm. our history now. Like some people are Indian, you know, West African and various parts of West African countries and have been for generations. It's not just one or two. Mm -hmm. So what do you say? You know, there's the Lebanese dynamic, like that's a cultural dynamic that's more recent, I guess, in the last like 70 years. But like at this point, at 70 years, it's, it's not really, a, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not really a new mm-hmm. dynamic. And and the question is, how do we incorporate all of this into something while still reeling from colonialism and the present day issues? Mm-hmm. You, you know, but I, I think, I don't know, when I'm talking to my like aunties and uncles, like sometimes we get into this idea of like going back and then starting over and then eventually progress the progress narrative of a false progress mm. narrative. And this book is like saying, and then people are like, well, once we, you know, once we develop, then we can worry about all this stuff over here. But you're like, no, this is us becoming. And then instead of right. developing, which is colonial, like this is our becoming. Um, yeah. I, the, the book made me think a lot. I have so many thoughts. I don't even know if I've said them eloquently, but it felt very no, close to me. You did. No. <laughs> Thanks. No, that's real. Yeah, it just it brings up so so much, and yeah, just that idea of like of like who has the privilege to you know not be on hold. You know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. idea of like oh well, like we can you know that's just too much. We gotta you know do one thing at a time, and it's just right. like okay, but like but what are we making? Like when you say that exactly. we're gonna develop, like oh, this is the most like what what are we making? Like are we making it out of the image of colonialism, like that narrative? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, right. Cause it's like, I, I think it is, it is in fact true that nobody, no, a lot of people don't have the space. Like when you have a coup or something or, or any, even like if we look in the American experience, like there was so mm-hmm. much less space in 2020 for so many things because of you're like, yeah, but death is so close to us or, insurrection is so close to us that there's so much mm-hmm. well i guess it depends on what city you're in some people were like i don't know i was just sitting pretty and on a beach somewhere <laughs> some, <sighs> some people but that it yeah violence has a way and death has a way of pausing things you don't have to think about things in a way that makes it easier but also mm-hmm. you have we we have to think about this stuff eventually and i think colonialism does that in a way colonialism stops time it stops yeah. us thinking about who we are outside of this dynamic i, I don't know there's like a part where, where um Vivek has the beautiful ones are not yet born which is like a ghanaian novel and written in the post-colonial era and and this sort of disappointment with it and the way the the hands of colonialism mm. has stretched its way into the present and if people yeah. don't think about it but the corruption like people always talk about oh africa it's corruption as it's just like innate that africans are corrupt you're like well first of all everyone's mm. everyone's corrupt like let's speak on it come not on be funny every country's yes. corrupt but also in particular what you're seeing is a history of colonialism and an experiment made for someone else's benefit is suddenly abandoned or fought against really but um mm-hmm. and in the the book it says the beautiful ones are not yet born it was this idea of trying to keep the soul of of himself while all this stuff is happening and and i kept when i read it i was like 
and I don't know if this is what the author is trying to get at, but in my mind, I was like, but that was written almost 70 years ago. So what is it to say, are we the beautiful one? And like, mm-hmm. it was a future projection, right? So that would be us 70 years later. That's us. And I wondered if the beautiful ones are here, but not seen. And if the beautiful mm. ones are here but not loved, and if Vivek and and all of us are the beautiful ones, the the ones who have the chance to make, to make Africa or make our countries, prospective countries, push forward outside of the idea of colonialism, like, are you know is the becoming the being without the pains of colonial, not without because you can't erase things, but that being outside of colonialism, yeah, and and. It just really made me think because the way Vivek is rejected for, and that's what I meant, for what? For a progress narrative, for a continuing to co-sign a colonialist rule that that isn't really for us anyway. Yeah. And, and the intersection of that in India too, it's the same colonial history. I, it just, it made me think. This book really made me think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just like it's just so arbitrary. Yeah. Like it's just so like I don't know, like even it's like you just look at a character like Vivek and it's just like but like what is the issue exactly? Right. Like, What's wrong? <laughs> just like, like just like the ire that people experience by like mm-hmm him just existing and being in public space like i'm just like y'all like this is like what because it's weird too because africans are so accepting in so many ways and most it's so interesting i always say this like to be have two cultures or three or however whatever the intersectionality is everywhere is so accepting about different things but the things Mm -hmm. that they're not accepting about that's where the liminal space that's where the you hit up against the wall and that's where the violence is right like Mm -hmm. and yet like Vivek when no one thinks he he is queer they you know like things that I think in America he would get in trouble for he doesn't right because mm-hmm. the, the the idea the dichotomy the binary of gender is different in different places but mm-hmm. in all of them there is a point of limitation and I think the author is asking us like even if we are accepting in so many ways when we get to our point of limitation, why are we not? And is it because right. why cannot this person be legible as they are? Why can't, mm. um, and not to cover that with like, you know, with all the other, there's so many things happening that we don't have to think about it, but no, let's take a second to make space for it and think about it. And I think that's what the author means by the liminalness. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Switching like tones a little. I really think we've read a lot of books and I really wish people would find a way to experience their sexual coming of age that doesn't traumatize women. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's a real thing that just happens in real life too. Mm-hmm. But the part with Elizabeth I really was upset about because I was like, what is it about patriarchy and men that think that human women are not having a human main character experience? <laughs> right and that their experience is in relation to how you become and i'm getting a little irritated because i don't know why you would write people so not right because i i think this is to the point but i don't know why you would in your mind conceptualize people so flatly yeah 
So I was like, you know, you can't, neither of you can watch this girl have sex without telling her. <laughs> that's yeah, that's awful. Not... I, I personally felt so offended. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, that's such a violation of my privacy. It's such an insult. It's so, and to be, how old are they? Like 17? Like, understand yeah. that that's a reeling feeling of disgust like if you do not know that i don't know who maybe no one needs to hear this they're like i don't know what you do but if you don't understand like people are human beings like mm-hmm. that there is that woman that girl felt a disgust she felt an invasion she felt pained that's a violence mm-hmm. and i was said what are you doing you knew what do you, and 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 to back it up with this idea of like Oh, I've seen men do this before. Like, that's what I mean. Like, why are, what are we becoming right. into? Like, examine your becoming. Why does uh, your adult masculinity look like that? Um, right. And even the fact that the issue wasn't that Vivek was watching is that he got caught watching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he should have known to not walk into the room. And you're like, exactly. What? You should have known. The two of you shouldn't have done this. <laughs> like, period. 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 Yes. Yeah. And, Granted, I will say, so I'll preface what I'm about to say by saying, like, like you kind of alluded to earlier, like, you know, gender is constructed in different ways in different places. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm speaking from a distinctly like kind of black American socialization. Um, Obviously, this book takes place in Nigeria. And like, but from what I know of just like how, like just patriarchy and, you know, masculinity and sort of being socialized in that system, it's just like very much like it, it's it's so weird to know, like, it's like, I, I understand, not agree, obviously, but I, it's like, I, it's like the, the way that like men are socialized to be and like how mm. they're supposed to think of sex and like sex as like kind of a, like a byproduct of their own masculinity, kind of mm. this like sort of weird dominance shit. Like, it's just, there's so many toxic elements of like toxic and insecure elements of what it means to like be a man, to be like, you know, this like to be considered in these ways that mm. like it becomes extremely easy to dehumanize someone like Elizabeth and just women and girls just in general. It's just to be like, Oh, but like I'm the main character here. Like it's like, it's like consumptive. It's like, it's like, I Mm. need like the presence of like women in their bodies to like validate something about myself to validate something about, you know, my own masculinity or what my own, I guess really capricious definition of what it means to be a man among other men. Like Ah. it's like, I'm, I'm really just trying to like that for one another to the point where it's like if it's just truly just like a like an objectification in like the highest degree it's just mm. like oh like this is like is like vivek is like curious about sexuality oh i have more sexual experience than vivek this is like i am in some way codified as more masculine vivek mm. than vivek because i've had this sexual experience and now i can kind of like tote you know elizabeth her body and our sexual interactions therein to sort of like showcase like an expression of dominance of masculinity over vivek and to kind of demonstrate my prowess in this sense which is fucked up (laughs) let us be clear but like that like that kind of thinking like it's like that's sort of what's going on in Mm. these people's minds it's like this is how like this kind of objectification dehumanization takes place because it's never about the person like it's never about interacting on a sexual equal playing field it's always about like just something about trying to meet this definition of what it means to be a man and to be masculine mm. and to be like legible in this in the cis hat way um that just like traumatizes women in the process it's like literally designed to be to be as such yeah and so it's just like huh thank you for that yeah, that insight was so i know you don't love being in that like masculine space like so even to have to translate that i know for you it's like <sighs> 
this is something I disagree with that I'm just going to explain to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, literally. You don't like Yeah. And, you know, it's something that I think it's, and it's so interesting because even like kind of that process of like, okay, reflecting on my own upbringing and sort of like my own proximity to like masculinity mm. and like kind of what that means for me and like how I've both benefited from that, but also like deeply reject that in a lot of ways. And also especially trying, coming to understand myself as like a gender expansive person. I feel like there's like a kind of thing of like, what do I do with that? Mm. <laughs> like, what do I do with this information? But at the same time, like it, it like it is useful information i'm not gonna sit here and pretend as if i have no idea why like it's like i read that scene and i was like i know exactly Mm. like i know exactly why they did this like it it does not in any way confuse me that they both made that decision like it like i understand the logic there obviously i'm like what the fuck what but like i get why they did it like it was but yeah. yeah and so it's just one of those things where i'm like you know I guess having that proximity to that socialization, I'm like, okay, I like I shouldn't. Let me not pretend as if I don't. Like I know why they did that. That's when like when, um, when I see straight people acting a fool, I'm like, I'm not gonna pretend I don't know what you're doing, which also means I'm not gonna pretend you couldn't do better. So exactly, and and also I th- I think Vivek's sort of. I'm just gonna say that Vivek is queer. That hasn't really been like. I think that would be an accurate. I feel like yeah, I think that's like, okay. So I think. Vivek being a queer person and having that proximity to that kind of socialization as well, I think is also something that like I'm like, that's not like an accident. Like it's like we look at like dynamics of sexuality and like especially among like, you know, we look at like queer men in particular, like just like that kind of similar dehumanization and things mm. like that. Like it's like there's a lot of that like masculine socialization that borrows from that like cis het narrative that like finds its way in these like toxic manners in like queer communities as well. And so I think mm. also like just kind of that queer proximity there, I was like, that is a interesting Same. to look at. So anywho, so I was just like, that is like, it's like, it's not like these experiences are inconsequential. It's not as if somehow Vivek is like, Oh, I'm a queer person and I'm now in these other spaces that somehow I am now separate or like divorced from right. like how I was socialized. Like that's still a part of like my sexual decision-making like praxis mm. and like kind of what it means to be a sexual person. Because so. it's like, it's you it at least has to be contended with. It's not something that you can pretend exactly. was never the case. Um, what was I going to say? Also, I mean, beautifully stated, Marcy, once again. Um, ah, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to say something. I find it odd, and I think I wish men maybe should think about this or masculine people, um, that you would trade the intimacy, an intimacy ex- expressed and written so beautifully in the story for something mm-hmm. as less nuanced or less interesting as showing off. You know, <laughs> period. Like, Come on. Like you had in that moment something that even you knew was beautiful. And they, they say that a line that like I think later in the book where they say like some people don't know how to hold beautiful things. Um, I think mm. one of the one of uh, Vivek's friends, one of the kids they grew up, says that when they're talking. And mm-hmm. I, I think masculinity should be wary and and not take as its definition of itself the inability to hold beautiful things i think that mm-hmm. is a violence and it that violence doesn't have to define masculinity um yeah i agree but it's just yeah i mm. i contend with that a lot i'm like so like I guess the, it's like, how do we end this shit? Like, how do we, like, just, like, how do we just, or like, you know, like what, like, yeah. Cause 
I feel like there's also a school of thought of like, oh, well, like, you know, in alternative frameworks of masculinity, like, oh, well, like a real man doesn't do this. A real man doesn't commit sexual violence. A real man, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But it's like you're still catering to this like bullshit idea of like what is a real man and what's not. It's Mm -hmm. like we're still using that like system of shaming and like you know insecurity to be like oh well like i gotta be a real man and like masculinity fragile oh my god like it's just like we're not we're not fundamentally challenging the system there we're just trying to recontextualize it in a way that's like yes better than the status quo but also still relies on this like kind of this this dichotomy right this hierarchy this dichotomy of like real men versus not real men not real men being sort of subtext for like men that maybe perhaps are like more feminine or sort of like more like don't fall as cleanly into like what's defined as what's what is like a man so it's like there's like a weird there's like a kind of coded homophobia and messages like that like there's just a lot of shit that i'm like that doesn't that doesn't do anything like it's not helping anybody like there's a fear of being weak and a fear of being at the very edge of it is this fear of not it is terrifying to not be strong enough to have something mm. done to you. Yeah. But the thing that's really annoying is you're like, you. sorry, not to be that kid, but like oh, women deal with that. And that's kind of what like Elizabeth was saying when like Osita was like, I felt like I had taught her something. Elizabeth was like, uh, I mean, to be a woman from such a young age is to be vulnerable and in situations with people who are bigger and stronger and more powerful than you. So that reality that, mm. that, that masculinity sometimes bases its, its biggest fear on of being seen as weak. And, and, and with that feminine is you're like, that if that's the case, like <laughs> girls and femme people deal with that from a very young age. Um, right. And, and that power dynamic and, and to solve it, I, I really think I, I'm not going to say that the answer is love, although the answer is love. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's like, why not embrace it? Embrace vulnerability and embrace moments of submission, embrace moments of not being the strongest and love that feeling as much mm-hmm. as anything else. And it's hard to do in a world with a history of like war and violence in the human race. It's hard to say like embrace <laughs> not that you know because there's a yeah. like i said like violence ends the nuance of things it ends and it makes it illogical because pain is such a such it, it pain is something that brings you so out of your body that it, it, mm. it you know what i mean while being so in your body so inescapable that of course you would want to avoid it so like if this if being a certain way would make that more likely in a world that's a lot of it has been decided by war and violence. Like you're going to be like, that's not it. And if mm-hmm. the person with more power, you know what I mean? But, but we have to, we have to get over it. <laughs> no, we have to have a, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, there just has to be a paradigm shift, you know, yeah. because it's not worth living. If we're going to destroy everything beautiful and lovely, if we're going to destroy love, Mm-hmm. you know, for power. So I think men have to stop thinking of themselves as men. Oh, wait, is this a queerification? Are we queerifying? Are we nuancing the whole thing? But no, I think we all need to break down what these genders yeah. are and reimagine ourselves yeah. and our souls and our humanity and what it means 
instead of first saying this is our expression and after that letting that decide our souls it's it's an in mm. it's the incorrect direction you know <laughs> we right. are it's like we were talking about she of the mountain where we are so much more than we define ourselves to be and yet we right. take what we define ourselves to be and we say like this thing we've made up to describe ourselves this categories we've made up now made us you're like that's not true right we are so much more than we ever defined ourselves as exactly Mm. yeah i just think about how we can sort of take these social categories of you know like woman man whatever and just be like what if we just like allowed people to just like like it wasn't something that you had to achieve Mm. like there was no socialization process where it's like oh now that you have done these things you now are equipped to say (laughs) this about you to to define this way Mm. or to do right like and it's just like what if it was just like we just just allow people to just 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 be exist how they are and however they define that it's just like we just take that at face value and just believe them and don't feel the need to like you know try to make it like exclusive or like you mm-hmm. know somehow make it hierarchical and be like oh well like i'm a better type of man than you because i'm blah blah blah, not blah, 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 blah. And it's just like this is so rooted in like fuckery yeah. like who okay who cares who cares Stop I, it. I genuinely Stop. think it's like, <laughs> oh I feel like it's just like you in the front of a class with glasses. It's just like the chalkboard right. that says, who cares? <laughs> I have like a water bottle and I'm like spritzing it on people. I'm like, oh, stop. Stop this. <laughs> it's just like, they're like, are you really spraying me with water, bitch? Like, honestly. I'm good. Oh, but anyway. Yeah, I don't so. know. I, 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 it's going to sound weird, but I think there's sometimes a lack of faith that. Yeah you could have something more whole than the categories, the social categories. Mm, yeah. And sometimes I think that I have a privilege to say that because, again, in the face of violence, in the face of pain, not that, again, I don't want to, Africa's not, by the way, Africa's just like filled with people being violent. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not like we're just all just sitting around being like, oh no, a mm. coup, you know, like, we're fine. <laughs> right. But it's a reality. The reality is true that, Oh, that's true here too. Like, the reality of violence is true um, and real and, and very present. But that's not the point. The point is mm-hmm. there's a privilege to be like, what if we could all just be? But there are consequences to just being. There are so many. True. And, and yeah. we brave them. But if you were to say it wasn't dangerous, I would be lying. And I, I don't know how right. to, I, that part, I don't know how to contend with. I don't. Yeah. Um, Honestly, me neither. Like, just sorry, yeah, if you came structure for, is yeah. If you came for you answers, know. we uh, I mean, we tried. And you know, we we that we can truly say <laughs> tried. We did. If we did nothing else, yeah, we tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we so. we wish, and maybe that's why we make this show because we imagine and we hope that you know if we imagine enough and we do, we live that imagination. We we. We at least allow space for things to be different. Yeah. This is a beautiful book, by the way, y'all. You should read it. Yeah, please read it. It's just so, it's so, it's so good. Yeah, um, also, like, I know this book isn't about She of the Mountain, but you should also read that one. Yeah, Books and Boba. We collaborated with them and talked about She of the Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, check that out because that book is also, like, incredible. Like, actually changed my life. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, literally, cha- literally changed my life, so. We've read some good books lately. Correct. Widows of Malabar Hill. Mm-hmm. When we talked about um Blacktop Wasteland with Shelf Addiction, yeah. like, that was really dope. Like it's been a good good reading spell. And I feel like it's 
I would have avoided this book specifically because I I I I would have wanted to avoid the vulnerability of something so close. But mm-hmm. I I feel like I'm growing. Like I actually think reading. Yes. I'm always like learning about other people's experience, but I was like, you are, you also tried to get out of learning about your own. <laughs> and that's something mm. And it forced me to, and I, I think that's healthy. Yeah. No ways that we're, I'm the that's same true. and different, you know, but anyway, do you have any predictions? Um, yes. So real quick, I think that, so Vivek's character, I do think that Vivek is transgender. Mm. Um, this is not confirmed in any way. Hence why I'm just kind of using the same pronouns that people would use for Vivek throughout the book and everything. So I I personally have a theory around oh, interesting. that. And I think that that's, um, you know, if Vivek is transgender, I think that does have everything to do with why he was killed. Mm. I'm also just thinking about just like the connection between Vivek and Ahuna. Mm. I feel like that's something that's going to be fleshed out a bit more yeah. as well. I feel like there's like some kind of like ancestral, like just something going on there. Connection. Um, that'll come up later. But I mean, aside from that, I mean, it's hard. I mean, we already know how this is kind of all of this is going to end, unfortunately. Yeah, it's kind of so. a prediction when the ending, they tell yeah. you the, 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 the so. title told you. Um, I, I do think that the Ahuna and Vivek's connection comes up. And I think the way we imagine like, the way we pass on what we take from our ancestors is kind of the same way she had the mind was like, well, are we gendered before we're born? You know? And so if, if a mm. spirit passes on, is it a gendered spirit? Like how, you know, mm. um, I don't have yeah. a prediction though, because I'm, I'm lazy, but I do have a quote, which I really <laughs> liked. So, <laughs> mm. um, I also listened to the story on audiobook, So I recommend it. It was really beautiful. Okay. So this is from chapter six and it's Vivek talking and to Marcy's point, it's, it's quite short. So it's talking about the beautiful ones are not yet born, which is by the way, spelled with a Y instead of an I. And it says, I mm-hmm. kept the book for the title for how it's spelled beautiful. I had no idea why the spelling was chosen, but I liked it because it kept the beauty intact. It wasn't swallowed, killed off with an eye to make a whole new world. It was solid. It was still there. So much of it that it couldn't fit into a new word. So much fullness. Mm. He got a better sense of exactly what was causing that fullness. Beauty. Beauty. I wanted to be as whole as that word. Well, shit. Hmm. So. Yeah. Hmm. Read this book, y'all. Like, just read it. Like, please, please just read it. Yeah. Um, And if you have thoughts about it while you're reading it, or after, <laughs> you can hit us up on Twitter at the Colored Pages or Instagram mm-hmm. at these Colored Pages. You can go to our link tree to see which books we're reading next. Which I guess we're almost done with the season, so you can figure out what's going on. You know what season oh three look like? Is it season three? What season three look <gasps> like? Oh, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> if you're also excited about season three, or you want to tell us about how you didn't answer our question, these Colored Pages <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Or you can go to our website, thesecolorpages.com. Woo! Of course. And I will say real quick, so we actually had a listener reach out and mention how like they wanted to see what we were reading next, but like they didn't have like social media mm. accounts. And so they were like, Oh, like how can I get the link tree? So I think what we're gonna start doing is just putting the link tree in the in the description. Oh. Um, just so like if you're going through, you know, the show notes or whatever, the, there's the link tree link right there. So you can kind of like put that in whether or not you have a social media account and then kind of find our reading list. It's the first link in our link tree. So 
wanted to thank the listener for that. And also too, just say, you know, if this show brought you any love, light, delight, mm, yes, please leave us some love wherever you're listening yeah. to this podcast, which could be Apple Podcasts or not. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. Also, if you know somebody in your life, just someone who you're like, you know what, sis, you need this episode <laughs> or you need a previous episode, just send yeah. it to them. Like what? Like why not? Vulnerability, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Just send also, a little episode. Be like, Mar- exactly. Like Aqua Marcy, say hi. Like how you doing? So yeah. yes, by all means, definitely, you know, forward this along it definitely helps our show to just like find more find more community in this online space mm-hmm. but um and yeah so i guess ne- the next episode we'll be finishing the death of vivek og and talking about all of the things but akko between now and then is there anything else we should leave our listeners with before we head out yes i think until we see you guys again you should remember to stay, stay colorful, colorful.